You may take your seats. AWC, I am so excited. We are day one in this new thing that we're calling Transition. Is anybody happy to be here? Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I told you guys last week that it's interesting that the first week after transition that we're going to have to be generous. And I think that it's a sign that where God wants not just to take our ministry, but where he wants to take us individually is going to be directly tied to how generous we are. But really quick, by a show of hands, how many people in the room, you had some opportunities to be generous this week? Like you saw some opportunities that you didn't see the last couple of weeks. All right, that's cute. Now raise your other hand if you actually moved when your heart was pricked. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. We really want to set the foundation that here at our organization, being a generous church, it means a lot in the building, but it means something totally different when you do it out there. Because it's the places where people don't expect to see God when they see him that teaches in it and it screams a lot louder. Really quick, today I'm going to teach the first part of a sermon, and next week, which is Resurrection Week, which are so excited... Uh, I'm going to teach the second part of the sermon. So if you feel today that you're not getting everything that you need and if it feels incomplete, that was by design. Yeah. Because we can't talk about Jesus being given as a first fruit until we give ours. So today is something that I, I want to make sure that we, if, you, if, you're, if this is your first time hearing it today, I mean, you can't pause in live time, but you need to go watch every other sermon from this sermon series so that you have context for what's going to happen today. Many different things in the, in, in, in the church are taken out of context. And people will look at God based off of what they assume. But today is not a prosperity gospel. It's not a poverty gospel. But, you, but we do have to realize that we, we, we can't take certain parts of the Bible that we like and throw away the other parts that we don't. So God is a good healer. But he also expects 10%. Yeah. God, God, God wants to bless you. But he also demands consistency. Yeah, yeah. God, God, God will ex accept you in whatever lifestyle that you're living, regardless of it's countercultural. He'll accept you. But he expects that you trust him. So today we're going to close out the sermon series, and then after we get done teaching, it's only going to take, look at your neighbor, say 20 minutes, 25 minutes. minutes. Look at your neighbor, say 45 minutes. No, really, 25 minutes. I'm, I'm really going to get us in and out of here. But if you can get a hold of this principle, the entirety of your life, look at your neighbor, say, will change. Really quick, take a look at this, and then we're going to jump right in the word. If you're ready for the word, clap once. Okay, so really quick, there's a reason why we're teaching first fruit in this sermon series called Entrusted. There's another reason why this sermon is going to carry over into our next sermon series, which is going to be, can somebody say, our worship series. Because a part of your worship is how generous you are. In the Bible, there are seven levels of worship. And we don't hear anything or say anything until level number five. So that means that the first five levels have to do with your heart and how generous you are. So today, is it okay that I teach you a kingdom principle? Yeah. 
Today, is it okay if, if we do a little bit of heart work before we give today? Is that cool? Okay. Now, I want you to write down the word principle. The concept of giving, the concept of being generous is a, somebody say, a principle. Which means that it's not a choice that you make. It's not something that you do out of, out, out of a decision that you make. But it's something that is set in our faith that in order for you to have a complete relationship with God, you have to practice this principle. The reason why this is important in the church is so that you are able to hear this sermon today without manipulation. So that you can see people give and not think that they're trying to persuade you to do something that doesn't actually work. The prosperity gospel being taught around the world right now basically says that whatever you do, whatever you do for God will be rewarded with a gift. And that's not biblical. It's not, it's, it's, it's not biblical. The Bible is very, very specific when it talks about prosperity. The Bible is very, very specific when it talks about the blessing. And if you give me 25 minutes today, we will set a foundation that if you practice this, the rest of your life will totally change. Because where you are going, please write this down, AWC, and those of you that are watching online. The difference between where you are and where you want to go is how you see giving. That's the difference. The difference in where you are and where God has shown you, how many of you guys know there's a place where God has shown you? Like you're supposed to go to a different level in, in your life, in, in your family, um, in your mental health, your physical health. How many, how many people? Only, only two people? Okay, I just want to make sure you know. But the difference and what will actually make that journey a lot quicker is if you give. Let me prove it to you. Let's go to Exodus 13, 1 through 2. Then the Lord said to who? Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. And what else? The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to who? Belongs to who? Belongs to who? Really quick. This ain't going to work. Y'all going to have to talk back to me. Belongs to who? There it is. I want you to write down the title of my sermon today, and it's this. If you say so. What you give today was not a decision that you made three months ago. The number that you got, whatever you decide to give, whatever Joshua gives is not what Joshua made up in his heart to give. What we are going to give today is based off of your agreeance with what God has already claimed as his own. I'm already in point number three, Jerry, but I need to slow down. Write down this first point. First is first. Second isn't first. Third isn't first. Guess what? Your best isn't first. Look at your neighbor and say, first is first. Now, the reason why this is important is because it's a principle. Let's break down what a principle means. A principle is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. In your faith walk with Christ... If you are not generous, if you do not give, and you do not practice this principle, your Christianity and your kingdom citizenship is incomplete. AWC, this is not just a sermon series. This is supposed to become a practice of your everyday life. Your heart being pricked to help somebody out last week, and all of it wasn't monetary. How many of you guys helped somebody last week and had nothing to do with money? It was your time, your energy. 
Pastor Martin taught an amazing sermon, and I can't wait to teach it. I'm going to give it some time to breathe, though, because I don't want to touch it because, you know, it's anointed, and he still has his oil on it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to do that the first week of being lead pastor. That'd be, I don't, you know, struck by lightning. But Pastor Martin said, being rich has nothing to do with possessions. Being rich has everything to do with what? Responding if you are called to help, which means that there are some situations in the world that if you don't help them, they will go unhelped. But how many of you know that some of the people, some of the things that you're called to help, your heart posture might be jacked up towards? This, this, it's always this side of the room. I don't know. Have you ever been called to help somebody that you don't like? Did that change how quickly you met their need? This side too. Let me, maybe I can talk to the middle. Have you ever had to give your time and your energy to somebody that didn't deserve it? So we can totally make this decision of knowing that whenever you give something, God doesn't care about how you feel when it comes time to give. Because it's his. So what you're going to give today, you're not losing anything. We can't say that God's a good, good father and you give a number today in first fruit and then you worry about like your bills. Because if God owns everything, that means that he owns your mortgage too. We have all been, somebody say, entrusted with a portion of God's wealth to be able to fulfill issues in the earth. But in order for God to entrust us with, with more, we have to understand that the first of everything goes back to him. This is a kingdom principle, y'all. And I'm going to stay here until we understand this. We, we should understand this because they've been teaching this thing for almost 20-some years. Somebody say the first is the first. God does not waste his energy or his words on things that he doesn't mean. So when God says to bring the first to me because it's mine, look at your neighbor say, he mean that. Exodus 13, 1 through 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me, which means to set aside. In the New King James, it says to consecrate, which means to separate from all other things. The first of your 10, what's the first of $100? 10. What the word is saying is that when you get that $100, God expects for you to take that $10 and separate it from the rest of it. To not even count it. So whenever Joshua gets $100, I just got $90. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying. It's the law of diminishing return. Fortune 500s do it every single year so that they bring their taxable income down. So the world is practicing this. They don't call it tithe, but God calls it tithe. So when you get $10,000, you just got what? Nine bands. Sorry, bands is the word they use in the street when they, you know, but don't let the suit fool you. You feel me? Okay. If you get a million dollars, how much of it is yours? 900,000, which means that if you give him 99,000, you are not practicing the principle. Which also means that if you give him the last 100,000, you have practiced the principle of 10%, but you didn't give him the first, which is his. I want to make this very plain. This is not religious. You cannot work in this world or in this system in finance and banking and Bitcoin and not understand percentages. But you have to understand that percentages, numbers, math did not come from this world. It was set up as a principle in heaven before earth was even made. Do I make myself clear? Somebody say 10% is God's. You don't make a decision if it's his. You make a decision if you want to practice the principle. 
pay your taxes, you give them back to them. If you want to stay here in this, these here United States of America. It doesn't take faith to give the last 10. It takes no faith to give. All right, I pay my bills. Groceries. Netflix. HBO Max. What else we got on our grocery list? Chicken. Costco. These gas prices tripping, tripping. Gotta get gas. So maybe we can accept not giving God all of the 10 because, we, you know, you got to drive to work. Shoot. Okay. We got that vacation we're supposed to go. Shoot. And the minute that you start to make this conversation up in your head, you failed the test. Please write this down. Every dollar that passes through your hand is a test of your heart posture. Every dollar. Every dollar. Every dollar. Write this down as an addendum. My sister taught me that word. She went to law school. Or an amendment. That means to add. Every second of every day that passes through your life is a reflection of your heart posture. Well, Pastor Joshua, I thought you said we're supposed to be generous with our money. But you do know that time is a commodity as well. And so is your energy. So who gets the first 10% of your energy every day? Oh, y'all don't want to talk, do you? Oh. So you're saying I have, to, I have to talk to God before I brush my teeth? Like, we're not being silly. Like, but does it take you until you walk through something hard to give God the 10%? I'm asking myself these questions. I really don't want you to think I'm sitting on your lap. But if the shoe fits, please keep that thing on. First of your energy. When you first wake up, do you pick up the gram to see how many followers you have that have never put a dollar in your pocket because the purpose that God gave you, you haven't even created the, po the, the, the product to put on your Instagram to feed people to, but you're getting likes. Who did you give that, fir who did you give that first 10% to? So then it becomes the part when, when God says so, we don't so, we think. When God says so, it shouldn't be a thinking process. Because if you've already given him 10%, that means the other 90 is blessed. The only thing, the only reason why we give isn't to get more. It's to get deeper in Christ. You want to change your relationships with the people that you honor? Give. And don't expect anything back. Don't you hate a, a, a giver that gives and looks for something as they're giving? They give it to you and they keep looking at it like, Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You wouldn't have believed the sale that I got. And I had to wait in line. It's like, so your heart posture isn't about the gift. It's about being seen given. For those of you that are watching online, you're not going to see any giving today. <laughs> they don't, they don't want to be, like, when we begin giving, you're not going to see the people give. But you're going to feel an energy about these people's obedience. And you're going to have your heart pricked today. If what God asks you to sow, somebody say, will you sow? All of the gold and silver, bronze and iron that was in the first city of Jericho in Joshua 6, 18 through 19. What does God ask for? All of it. Because it was the first city. He, he, he wasn't looking for the, 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 I'm sorry, the Israelites to conquer 10 cities and then choose which one they could give back to God. 
Somebody say the first. In Genesis 4, 6 through 11, Abel brings, somebody say, an offering. But Cain brings an offering of the first of his fruits. This is the reason why God didn't bless Cain. I mean, bless Abel, but he blessed Cain. Because Abel brought him, somebody say, an offering. You know what an offering looks like? What do I have in my pocket to give? Because they're saying it's time to give and I don't want to be left out. So I got to get up, but I don't want to give nothing. I'm going to give this 25 cents in this lint in my pocket. That is an offering. Giving the first is that you expect that this money will be coming out of your account to be given back to God. You want to know what the best thing is that has happened to this church, in my opinion? The application. I have no idea what we give. But I do know that as soon as I get paid, the number that I see already has what God, what God deserves out of it. Some of the reason why we eat what is God's is because we keep looking at it. Oh, don't play with me. My mama, my granny and my mama make a stupid egg pie. Y'all know what an egg pie is? Any country folk in the building? If I look at it long enough, I don't care if Thanksgiving tomorrow. I don't care if this is the only one in the city or within 600 clicks of this building. I'm going to get me a slice of that pie. Why? Because whatever you see, our innate nature is to claim it as our own. So God tells Joshua and the children of Israel, when you defeat Jericho, it's not yours. So don't even look at the spoils. Don't, somebody say, don't even look. Third thing, Abraham is asked for Isaac in Genesis 22. Abraham is told you will be the father of many nations. As many stars as you see in the sky, you will have sons. But, but, but since God asked for Isaac, it didn't mean that what he told him verses before wasn't the truth. What God told you and what he will ask you to give sometimes will be the opposite. Exodus 13, 4 through 5. On this day, somebody say this day. In early spring, which is now. In the month of Abib, really quick, just so that you don't think that I'm speaking, you know, some other language. Hebrew on this day, in the month of Abib, is the first month of the ancient Hebrew lunar calendar, usually occurring between the months of March and April. Look at your neighbor and say, we're in it. Like, you're in it, like, currently, right now. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you are in the month of giving first fruits. There's a reason why we don't give first fruits at the end of the year. There's a reason why we don't give first fruits at the beginning of the year. There's a reason why we don't give first fruits at a more convenient time after we do a transition. On paper, today should be the turn up Sunday where I go crazy and talk to you about the vision and how cool I am. But the question is, will we practice the principle that has kept this church afloat? Because AWC won't be kept afloat because Joshua's cool. AWC will be kept afloat because we practice the principle. Do you want to get your life from where it is to where you want it to be? Practice the principles that are in the Bible. That's the quickest way. You don't have to cry on no altar. You don't have to get no anointed oil. God is just like, why are you asking for me to heal some stuff if you just practice the principle? The month of Abib, say you in it. You have been set free. God reminds them. What? You have been set free. You must celebrate this event in this month how many times? Each year after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. It's really interesting. God says, I have freed you. And just in case you forgot what I freed you from, here's a list. I freed you from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Havnotites, and the Haznites. And the Mustiites, all of them. As a reminder, that generosity is a reminder to us in response to him. 
In the kingdom, you don't give to get. You give to remember where he brought you from. There are going to be some people today that when they give, you might hear some screams, some crying. You might hear some hilarious laughter. You might see some tears. But what they're giving is actually a testament of what they weren't able to give before. You're supposed to go from glory to glory in every part of your life. But the church gets uncomfortable when we talk about going from glory to glory when it comes to possessions and money. If your heart posture is wrong, then more things will just magnify how wrong you are as a person. But if your heart posture is right, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you'll, all, those, all of those funds will go to the right things. So the last four or five weeks of the sermon series hasn't had to do anything with money. It's had with all of us getting our priorities straight. How many of you know that what God has called you to do is going to take some funds? Now, how many of you believe that now because of this teaching, God can actually trust you with it? Hittites, Amorites, Havites, Jebusites, we sw he swore to your ancestors that he would, can somebody say, give you this land? A land flowing with milk and honey. Let's go to Proverbs 3, uh, 9 through 10. Can you read it with me? It says, honor the Lord with what? Honor the Lord with... Why would he say your possessions first? Remember what I said in point one. God does not waste his words. He, he doesn't waste his breath. He doesn't waste his time or his energy. So why would God say honor me, which is the highest level of giving praise to, in, to someone. Honor is more important than praise. Because we praise when we win, but we don't always win. Can you honor God even when you don't win? So to prove that you can honor me, honor me with what you have. The reason why I think God wants us to honor him with our possessions is to remind ourselves that everything that we have, we couldn't have without his power. Honor the Lord with what? Your possessions. And with what? The first fruits of all your increase. Here's that first thing again. Give me the first fruits of what? Your increase. Not what's in your storehouse. Your increase. Not what's in your storehouse. When we go, and when I, whenever I'm invited to go and teach somewhere, whenever I'm invited to do anything, the minute that they pay me, I ask them to literally send it to my bank so that I don't even see the money and that 10% comes out. Somebody say your increase. Because the world will make you believe that your increase came because of your hustle. It came because of your grind. It came because you worked so hard. It came because you're so smart. God doesn't care anything about that. Because this is the crazy thing about God. He believes that everything good in your life is because of him. Everything. There is nothing that has ever happened in your life that God looks at you and be like, yeah, he went crazy. He's going to be like, man, look at me and how dope I am. And look how crazy he went. Like, God will honor himself before he honors your efforts. So God doesn't just want your possessions. He wants to know, will, if I asked for it, would you give it to me? There's this thing I do all the time, because you remember I was a greedy child growing up. Not anymore. I love sharing. Um, I cook all the time. Like, I'll cook like six batches of macaroni and just pull up on people. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Because it's just, I love cooking. Anybody else love cooking? Anybody else hate cooking? I pray a prayer of deliverance. Somebody in your house hungry. I got the fast food anointing, Pastor. Hey. Uh, hey. But 
when we're, whenever I'm like around um, your, your children here at church, because in AWC, can we just give really quick a huge round of applause for every single person at AWC Kids? That's, thank you so much. Thank you. I said thank you so much. You are in the building this morning. We appreciate you. That is the biggest growth engine. Pastor Martin told me one thing. He said the two things that build churches is how you take care of them babies and how you take care of the older people. If you take care of both of them, the church will grow. So thank you so much. We say thank you. But y'all kids be trifling. I've seen y'all kids, multiple bags of Skittles, Swedish fish, which is disgusting. I don't know. And I'll just walk up to them and be like, hey, can I get one? No, I'm like, no, 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 I didn't ask for a bag. I just want one fish. Man, Pastor Josh, you always ask me for the candy. But they don't know that the candy that's in their hand was provided for them. Not by Pastor Joshua, but you. So when I ask them for one piece, they think the candy's theirs. Rather than thinking that if they show up to church on time every Sunday, they get access to a, limit, a limitless supply of candy. God wants you to know, if I ask you for the house, you do know I have an unlimited supply of houses. If God asks you to first fruit the trash relationship that you're in, like you do know that there are an, a ridiculous amount of options for you, sweetheart. But God, this one's mine, and he'll allow you to claim what is his for you and then pay the price. So when I ask your children for candy, I'm not asking them for candy. I just want to know if they're willing to share. Yes, sir. We in the church forfeit purpose more than any other people in the world. Because we do not understand that what we have in our storehouse is not ours. It's a resource for more. Yes, sir. Look at your neighbor and say, can God trust you with it? He says, honor the Lord with somebody say, your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase, so that what? Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Can we read this thing backwards so that you can get a revelation? Hey, if you want your barns to be filled with plenty and you want your vats to overflow with new wine, then the first fruits of all your increase you should give to God. And if you give him all of your possessions, then that's actually what honors him. If we read the word backwards, it'll actually read our mail. So you can't honor God until you have actually given the first fruits. Let's go to Exodus 23, 19. Now, this is the one that everybody likes to talk about, but we don't like to talk about. Can we talk about it this morning, AWC? The first of the first fruits. Wait, hold on. You, what? What do you mean the first? The first of the first fruits. So when you plant a tree and you get that first apple, I want that apple. Matter of fact, if you want to be so bad, give me the whole tree. First fruits is the apple. The first first fruits is the plot of land that's there, the tree, the grass, the gra like everything. Because if I can give you one, that means that you can actually trust me with some. The first fruits of the first fruits <laughs> of your hand, what should you do? You shall, somebody say it. Somebody say it. Somebody say it. You don't give first fruits. 
you, 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 don't, you don't give your first fruits. You, you, you bring them to them. Why? Let me, let me prove it through scripture. Remember what we talked about in Exodus 13. It says the first, uh, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals, guess what? It belongs to me. So when you bring it to him, you're not giving it. Well, I want you to write this point down. You can't give what doesn't belong to you. I think parents, y'all be really confused when it comes time to dedicate your child. Because you're not just getting your child dedicated and baptized. We don't baptize. Y'all be watching them videos when they be dumping them, chick, them, them kids in the water like drumsticks and ranch. They be, like the baby be like, don't even know what to do. Cry, what like, that's silly. When you dedicate your child to God, you're not just getting them fire insurance. You're giving them. <laughs> you're giving them back to God. So we look at Abraham and Isaac, we're like, I couldn't. I don't understand how they could. Every time you dedicate your child, you're giving God back what he gave you the ability to get. But I, can I, I want to I talk, uh, talk to you just for a second um, about something that the, 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 the church doesn't really understand. Uh, do y'all know what PIMDAS is? P P PIMDAS. You know what PIMDAS is? Oh, no. We don't know what PIMDAS is. You, you know what PIMDAS? If you know what PIMDAS is, clap once. Can you, can you please bring that to me, Jason? It's parentheses, exponents, multiply, or divide. Then if you multiply and divide, then you can add or subtract. I feel the glory of God. Hey, glory. I'm going to share with you a four-letter word that in the church is the biggest curse word ever. And um, we're cursed because of a lack of understanding. That's what ignorance is. So when somebody says you're ignorant, you shouldn't get upset. You should get some knowledge. Okay. This is the four-letter word in the church that... Uh, you be cursing when you say this word. And that word is math. Let me prove it to you. Two plus two is. Y'all answer so quick, like, uh, two. I know my times tables. Okay. 100 divided by 2. Okay. Um, 250 divided by 1. Y'all had to think on that one. Square root of 32. Huh? Huh? What was that? All y'all online, what'd you say? Somebody said, carry the 1. There ain't no 1 to carry, bro. So, I look, like a, I look like a teacher, don't I? Let's do some math. Somebody say, let's do some math. Tithing times consistency. Everybody clap for me because I spelled that right. Whew, I've been practicing all week. C-O-N-I after E except after B. All right. Tithing plus consistency equals the blessed life. Glory. Somebody say math. Tithing 
without consistency is practicing the principle, but you just get a life with no blessing. It's the word. That's, that's your Bible. Somebody say math. Okay. Y'all ready for your next equation? Your offering. Yeah, that's right. E, yeah, okay. Your offering plus your total dependency on God. Say that. I heard you. Equals prosperity. When you give your tithe, you get the blessed life if it's consistent. But if you want prosperity in your life, which is increase on top of what you already get as a base, how many of you guys want a promotion at work? That is your job giving you an offering. Your salary is a tithe. I owe this to you if you practice the principle of showing up on time to work. Can I make this practical? Okay, so you owe God the what? Tithe. Offering, somebody say, is a bonus. But you cannot give your offering without being totally dependent on God. Offering without dependence actually gives you lack. Okay, I gave my tithe. I'm going to give my offering because I have to. You're not dependent on God. Can I make this? My anointing in the kingdom is to take the stuff that has been overtaught and make it very simple so we can stop teaching it. I don't want to teach this no more. Okay. Tithing plus times consistency. Tithing times how many times you do it, how often you do it, where your heart posture is when you do it, gives you the blessed life. If you, not, if you are not consistent, then you don't get no blessing. Offering, which is somebody say bonus. Okay. Bonus plus dependency on God gives you prosperity. But if you're not dependent on God when you give it, that means that now you don't have any prosperity and now you have lack. Now let's talk about first fruits. You remember PEMDES? What is PEMDES? Parentheses, exponents, and then what? Multiply or divide. Which means that when you give, you give God the opportunity to multiply what you have or divide it. Then you get to add or subtract. So God can either add, y'all, y'all need to, y'all need to, there's like, who are the three people that are with me this morning? Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. Y'all get it when you get home, watch it over all week. When I practice the principle of expectancy, when I practice the principle of expectancy, I get God an opportunity to multiply what I have or divide what he's given me. And then based off of what he multiplies or, div or divides, it will add or subtract from my life. If I practice the principle of generosity, it will give God an opportunity to entrust me and multiply what I have or what? Divide. So when your life is being divided, it's not because God isn't good. Did you practice the principle of expectancy? Where's your heart when you give? If your heart's not in the right place, don't do no math. If you practice expectancy, he'll multiply or divide. And depending on where this is, you have the decision of if it adds or subtracts to your life. Somebody say math.
Hope that annoys you, Mr. Vaughn. She hates when I do this. She's like, erase the whole board. This is my board. Somebody say math. Here we go. No. Deal with it. Okay. Your first fruit. Your first fruit plus your expectation. What's your expectation? Are you giving just to practice the principle? Or are you giving today expecting something? Because you can't practice the principle of giving without expectation. It's a part of, somebody say, the equation. First fruit plus expectation is supposed to actually equal increase. Because remember what we talked about a couple weeks ago. You can't tithe if you don't give offering. You can't give offering like... You, you can't first fruit if you don't give offering. You can't give offering if you don't tithe. So, like, tithing is most important. So, for those of you that think that we double dipped this morning, we did. I don't know about you, but every opportunity I give to, I'll go broke before I don't give. That's just Joshua, not Pastor Joshua. There's some stuff that Joshua and Vanessa are trying to get to. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm looking to give because I can't go broke if I practice the somebody say principle. Okay? First fruit plus expectations. But then there's this other part. Somebody say an exponent. God's protection. But how? I don't have a multiply. Glory to God. Someone's getting free. But this equation's off because God's protection can't apply to my first fruit and my expectation if I don't give it to him. Parentheses, exponents multiplied by. So before I give my first fruits. I got to do what's in the parentheses. I got to expect something. Is this too deep for y'all? Is this going over your head? You cannot get God's protection of your first fruit or even your expectation if you don't put boundaries around what's his. God doesn't just bless your whole life. He blesses the part that you've set apart for him to bless. It is unbiblical for you to believe that if you give your first fruit, that God will bless the areas in your life where he doesn't have any portion of. You, you can't, I cannot ask God and give a first fruit and ask him to 10 times my business, but I've never given him opportunity in my sex life. Oh, that's too much. Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that too much for us to talk about in the sanctified church? I can't ask God to 10x my family if I haven't given him my, my, my mental health. If you want the blessing of God... Your first fruit and your expectations, he wants all of it. That's where the increase comes from. So what you're going to see today, I can see some of y'all like Rain Man, like one, two, carry the four. Let me make it very simple for you. Make it very, very simple for you. The first fruits of the first fruits of your land, you shall somebody say bring. Into the house of the Lord, your God. You have an opportunity right now to set your expectation for what God's going to do in your life. Right now. You should not give today without expectation. You should not practice. You can't practice this principle without expectation. The principle of expectation multiplied and divided and or add and subtract. So before you even give, you have to set your expectation. 
And here's the thing, because this is where the prosperity gospel gets it all messed up. You do not have a desire. What you want is not what you want. It's what God wants for you. The reason why it scares other people, that's none of their business. That just means that, mm, 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 mm. What God wants for Joshua, if it scares you, it's not for you. That's what God expects of me. If what God wants to bless me with scares you, it's for me. And if what you have scares other people, they should raise their expectations. You have not because you ask not. When you look at that word ask, it actually means to inquire. When you look at inquire, it means to literally ask God, God, what all can I have? Somebody say math. It's the last point, and we're going to get out of here. Is anybody expecting to give? Is anybody learning anything this morning? Anybody's head hurt? No. Man, you, you capping back there, bro. He's like, I ain't going to say nothing but golly. You know. <laughs> if the principle of giving and tithing and offering and first fruit is not taught, it will always reproduce trauma. If the principle of tithing, offering, and first fruit is not taught, it will always reproduce trauma. You're going to see some people moving around the room. All the people that are serving, this is your opportunity to give. We, we practice this, y'all. Like, don't look weird. All my pe- people moving to the church. No, no, no. You're, they're okay. One of the biggest reasons why I believe people walked away from the church, my generation, millennials and Gen Z, Gen Y, why they walked away from the church, is because of the fact that they went to church with their parents and they were taught how to tithe. They were taught how to, how to have offering. But they never got to see the spoils of why they did it. Yes, we tithe. Yes, we give. Yes, we give offering. But this is where we live in at. Like, what, like you said that God's a God of prosperity. You say that God's a God of more. And actually how we see money is taught by the people that have more money than us. Because children will look for the increase without the right heart posture. Giving and tithing will become something that they do. Like you, how many of y'all, when you went to your granny church, she gave you a, 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 a dollar. My granny gave me a dollar and a peppermint. And I just put the dollar in the basket and had no idea why. And had I not been taught, that could have been traumatic for me to believe that all the money in the church goes to the wrong places. Nobody taught me. What's more important than you giving first fruit today is teaching your family why. Can I teach you for two seconds? The principle of putting God first is more effective than the practice of giving. Let's go to Exodus 13, 14 through 16, and then we're going to get out of here. Anybody ready to give this morning? And in the future... Your children will ask. Somebody say, your children will ask. What does all of this mean? Remember, God told Moses that they're supposed to give the first of everything, their children and the animals, right? In the word, it basically said that Moses taught all the men in their family at the rise of this time of Abib that they would go and find the first fruit of whatever livestock, of whatever animal. And what they would do is that they would grab, they would grab the animal and they would, they would slit its throat. Like, a lamb is sitting there. They would go grab the animal and slit its throat. Now, if you don't explain to your children why that's happening, that will be traumatic. But this is the reason why they had to teach their kids. Then you will tell them. Somebody say, tell them. With the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of, of, of Egypt, both people and animals. That is why I now sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, animals, except 
that the firstborn sons are always brought back. This ceremony will be like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. It is a reminder that the power of the Lord's mighty hand brought us out of Egypt. Last point, I want you to write this down. And, and, and if, you're, if, if, if you give at this church, I'm sorry, if you serve here, this is the time to give. We're going to give all together here in a second. So, if, so if, this is not the time to give. Okay, good to go? All right. Write this, write this point down, please. First bears fruit. First bears fruit. If the principle is not taught, it will, it will create trauma. The reason why we have spent the last four or five weeks talking about this, 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 this topic of generosity and giving and whatnot is for today. Somebody say for today. Because what you're going to do today is not just about what you're going to give in the basket or what you're going to give through the app. You have an opportunity to teach your children, your children's children, and your family doesn't get it. You have the opportunity to teach them why. If God says so, you should sow. But maybe your expectation should be to be the example to the other people in your life that are bound. That because of your generosity in your life, now you are also able to be generous to them. Here we go. Is everybody ready for today? Something different's about to happen. Somebody say, if you say so. If God has asked you to sow something, it would be more detrimental for you not to move today than to question it. Look at your neighbor, say it's God's.